All wings report in. House dog, standing by. Mother goose, standing by. Lock S foils in attack position. Animal squadron ready for battle. Hello there, and welcome to the Animal Squadron podcast. I'm your host, House Dog, and with me, as always, my favorite person to fly around the galaxy with, the one, the only, Mother Goose. Hey, buddy. How's it going? Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm doing really well. How are you? I am, you know, pleasantly surprised for this episode. I have to be honest. Um, Empire is not one of my favorite episodes. I'll just get that out there. Um, even though it's like the holy grail to the um, the original Star Wars uh, fans out there, you know, the older generation, like around our parents' age, actually. Yeah. Like, Empire, for some reason, instead of A New Hope, is just held to such like high esteem for the older generation. And I don't really get it, but they probably don't understand why Revenge of the Sith is so important to, you know, people you and I's age. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, <sighs> Empire is probably my second favorite out of the whole saga, if I'm being honest. Um, nothing. It's your be- second favorite? Yeah. I mean, nothing will beat Revenge of the Sith. It's just too good. Um, but yeah, just after rewatching through through everything so far, I just I was really thinking about it. And I was like, yeah, I've probably enjoyed I've probably enjoyed watching this one the most so far. Does that make it my favorite? Not quite. I just mostly because it doesn't put me in as much emotional pain as Revenge of the Sith. That is why I'm saying it was the most fun to watch, but I still enjoy Revenge of the Sith more, if that makes sense. I can see where you're coming from, but one of my favorite things about Star Wars is the pain that it does make me feel, so I don't know if that says (laughs) something about me and my personality, or I don't know. Hey, that is a a valid point. Um, But no, I was really, really surprised while uh, re-watching it. I knew... I knew I would enjoy it, but it's one I haven't watched in maybe three, four, maybe even five years. It's been a long time since I've watched Empire, and most of this watch through, I was just sitting there like, this is really good. I need to watch this more often. I can't believe that it's been three, four, or five years since you've watched one of the main films. That that kind of that, that honestly kind of hurts my heart because I know. I will admit to our listeners and you, um, Star Wars is like my comfort movies. Like if I have a bad week, like stuff isn't going right at work or in my personal life, like I immediately go to Star Wars. Like it's just my my place where I feel like I can put one on and I feel good. Uh, everything feels okay. Usually it's gonna be Revenge of the Sith whenever those situations happen. So I've probably seen that one and Phantom Menace probably more than any of them. Empire is not one of my big movies either, but I, the whole point of this, I go through, um, at least once a year, I watch all of the main films. No, I think, I think for me, um, besides Revenge of the Sith, if I'm going to watch any of the Star Wars films, I'm going to watch them as a whole. So I I will watch Phantom Menace through well I guess now uh 
The Rise of Skywalker. Sorry, I forgot what it was called for a second. And I'll include the spinoff films as well and just do a long marathon. So I don't do it as regularly, but Revenge of the Sith, I do try and watch at least once a year. So that brings up a question that I just thought of. Um, we're huge Star Wars nerds, obviously. Um, but I wanted to ask you this, and I, I don't think I ever have. Whenever you introduce Star Wars to a new person, and that's kind of hard because, um, I mean, we don't really have a lot of the same friends, but like most of the people that you and I know like mutually have seen Star Wars. But whenever you do right, have those right. friends that either have had very little interaction or no interaction, what order do you recommend to them? Okay. Uh, I think, I believe I've mentioned this in an earlier episode, um, but previously, this is a big topic within the community, obviously, what order to show them to people. Uh, And I've actually never watched this in this order with somebody who hasn't seen it before. But if I ever get the chance to again, I think is this is the way I'm going to show that is four, five, then the prequels, then six, and then seven through eight. See, that's very interesting because um, whenever uh, my girlfriend and I were still in the living in the same place, um, she had never seen Star Wars before, so oh, wow. she was like a brand new person. Yeah, she had never seen any of them. She didn't know like really anything about them besides like you know, like the main like pop culture stuff, but she had like no idea what was like the story of star Wars. So I decided to show her that order. The, the machete order is what it's referred to. Yeah. When we went four, five and then one, two, three, and then six. And it was really fun. I mean, it was kind of hard because I had to like each film I had to be like, okay, remember this is what happened in the last episode. And this is what these characters are doing because whenever you flip flop, flip flop through, um, eras, it's kind of hard for a new person to like understand what's going on. Like, okay, who's Anakin Skywalker and like what happened to Luke and Leia and Han? Like where, where are they at? But I will say that's probably my favorite order to, show somebody the films in because it was really fun because she didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's dad. Nice. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, this episode is going to be really fun because we get to talk about, you know, the big reveal that, you know, is Darth Vader Luke's father? And that was something that I got to do with her. I was like, well, you know, I was like, well, Darth Vader, he's a, you know, he's a Lord of the Sith. Like he's a, he's a bad guy. Like, he's probably lying to Luke, you know, like, and then the next episode, we, you know, we like, we get to meet Anakin and, right. um, you know, see him as a child. And then episode two. And then of course, by episode three, like, you know, that he's Darth Vader, but like, honestly, up until right. the moment that like Anakin turns, she had no idea that he was going to turn into Darth Vader. Man. So, okay. I can't believe, I mean, I'm, I'm happy I guess it turned out that way, but I can't believe she believed you when you said that he was lying to Luke. Like, what a great way to, like, keep somebody on the edge of their seat. Well, that's, like, we'll talk about it with this film, but, like, that's how it plays off. Right, right. Because with, you know, you can go back and listen to our New Hope episode, but, like, Vader is nothing like Anakin Skywalker. 
No, no, definitely not. And that's why you and I uh, both believe that they're two different people. Right, right. Actually, okay. Was enough about, to bring about that up as well. Enough about enough all about the order your movies and showing. Enough about my girlfriend. Um, we <laughs> got to get into this episode, man. Because yes, um, we are ten minutes before into the recording show, and haven't even talked about it. <laughs> yes, before the show, during um, Mother Goose and I's pre-meeting, I found out that he only wrote one page of notes, and I wrote. I- um, like three front and back and a three quarter page. So correction, not even a full page of notes. Ah uh, yes, uh, always. <laughs> um, I'm glad that even though we went on that very long break, that nothing has changed. Now listen, I do have a lot to say, and um, like I mentioned earlier in the episode, I just was really, really enjoying watching this movie and i was kind of just taking it in and a lot of the notes i took were moments that like really stuck out or i felt like really important um so i do have a lot to say it's just very condensed i guess in my notes i want you to guess how many clone wars references i have in this film 37 that's a little high, but um, that's a strong number. Uh, strong enough to pull the ears off a of Gundark, one might say. One might say. Um, I have one, I believe, Clone Wars <laughs> reference. Well, that's um, fine. Okay, Mother Goose, we gotta get into this, man. We're having too much fun already, and we haven't okay. even started. All the right, crawl. So starting with the crawl. With the crawl, I have a note. Right at the okay. beginning, actually. Um, it, it says something along the lines of, you know, it mentions the uh, the Rebels winning the, I would say, the battle of the first film. Right. And I, I made the note because of the, the crawl and the mentioning of that, that uh, I wrote, even though they, they won, in quotation marks, the last movie... The Empire is still stro- so strong. And it kind of reminds right. me of um, episode two when um, Obi-Wan says to Yoda, like, what's the big deal? We we won the war. Or not the war, but we won today. And Yoda says, uh, I can't remember exactly his line because Yoda speaks in, in Yoda. Um, right, of course. But you, oh, he says, uh, victory, victory, you say, uh, you know, no, like the Clone Wars has just begun. Like today was just yeah, the, yeah. the beginning, like the whole war has yet to start. So that kind of made me think of that. And I don't know, there, it was something about this movie um, that I had never thought of before, but I have so many ideas in my notes for this episode that. I don't like I said I don't know what it was about this rewatch but I saw so many more things that tie into the prequels and really make mm-hmm. me just yeah. like have this respect for the storytelling that that George Lucas and the other directors that he used um for this film or, or films and how like how careful he was with the prequels and how much they tie in to the original films and 
Mm -hmm. I'm just getting so excited talking about it. Like even just that with the crawl, like I made that connection to the prequels and I was like, wow, like all, sorry, I'm just, I'm so taken aback, but like, it reminds me of that. Um, I forget. It might be in a documentary. It might be in one of, um, the making ofs of one of the films, but George Lucas has this quote where he says that the films are like poetry they're meant to rhyme mm-hmm. and mirror yeah. each other. And I think that's one of the best quotes. And if you ever explain Star Wars to someone, you should use that quote because that's what these films are. They're poetry and poetry rhymes and mirrors itself. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that really stuck out to me in the crawl, I mean, it was a great crawl overall. It really set the mood and like got me into the film but I don't know why just watching it really made me think of the theory, which we've talked about a couple times already, but um, there's a the theory that the Empire's good, the Rebels were actually bad, which I don't believe, but it really made me think, okay, from the Empire's perspective, these these people are terrorists. Now, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying the Empire's good, but from their perspective and from the loyal citizens' perspective... The rebels are terrorists, and so it's easy to understand why they are so desperate to find them, and obviously why they're so desperate to find Luke. Well, that that honestly, you should bring up that point later, uh, almost at the end of the film. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's okay. a line there. Um, yeah. No, we'll uh, talk about it. With me, the couple other things I had to say about the crawl was. That it also mentions that Luke is leading the rebels. Yes, yes, that really stuck out to me as well. Which I thought was really interesting considering what we see from Luke's character in the last film. You know, he's just this farm boy that winds up blowing up a Death Star. Right. Which, a large part of it, I mean, obviously he's got the reputation reputation from blowing up the death star but it's also probably because he's the only living jedi jedi in quotations he obviously still has a lot of training at this point to do but that they have and these people the rebels are obviously fighting against the empire but they hold a high they view the jedi very highly still we we've talked a lot about how the jedi were corrupt and how arguably they needed to die but i don't think the rebels see it that way and so they would say oh hey look this is a jedi it's clearly much wiser than all of us we should follow him even though is he wiser is luke wiser that's what i was that's literally what i was about to say at this point he probably isn't is he ever he's their only hope is he ever though uh, that's getting into sequel territory right there we're getting into sequel territory which i know we both have a lot to say about that um which i know you were the one who really wanted to talk about it so we can talk about it now or we can talk about it later oh no if there's no. somewhere else no we can talk about the sequels whenever we get to the sequels i can hold on until then okay all right um, Sounds like a plan. No, but I thought it was interesting from, you know, where we see Luke in the last episode 
to where we get this crawl now where it says that Luke Skywalker is leading the rebels and thinking right. of his character, obviously it sets it up to where, okay, now we have to see Luke as a leader or it's informing us, the viewer that, okay, this is where we're in the galaxy now. And this mm -hmm. is where these characters are at now. Right. And we do see it a little bit, but overall, I would still, from what we're actually presented in the film, it still seems like Leia's in charge. And oh, a lot I'm of that's because Luke isn't really around. He's either off patrolling, there's the whole Wampa incident, and then he's fighting. So we don't really get to see him interact with the rest of the Rebels very much. But she seems more of a leader. It's okay. I have no notes that support my theory. Okay, cool. So my next thing, uh, my last note about the crawl is how it mentions that Vader has become obsessed with finding Luke Skywalker. Right. And I thought I just thought that was an interesting um point and I don't think I had ever really caught that before. Because I don't I really don't think I paid attention to the crawls until we started doing this show together. Right. Um no, well, we we have to remember that Vader's one of Vader's like main missions is hunting down and killing what's left of the Jedi order or Jedi refugees, I guess, maybe. <laughs> There's I'd, not really much of an order. <laughs> I'd say that's a pretty accurate... No, I think you put that very well. Um, but, I mean, to the common watcher or fan, um, they they don't know that. Like They don't know that one of right. Vader's first tasks was hunting down Jedi. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. Because um, at this point, he he doesn't know that Luke is his son. I think he had an inkling. Yes, uh, they're definitely. He probably felt it through the Force, but I think because of which we can talk about it more once we get there. But I think because of his reaction to Palpatine telling him that it's Luke Skywalker, I'm pretty sure he at least didn't know. For sure, it was his son. Right. Okay, so my next note, and I was really surprised by this, was, you know, with with episode four and the first shot we see after the crawl um, of the Star Destroyer, and then this episode, again, we open with the Star Destroyer. Right. Um, this time, I was not as impressed with it. With the pan down and it coming towards us, it did not seem as big. No, that that is a really good point. And I think a lot of it is we're mo more focused on the probes that were being shot, shot out to obviously search for the Rebels and for Luke. I think it's for a different reason. I, I'm pretty sure I know exactly why as well. Well, whenever I get to that note, we'll see if you're right. Okay, yeah, I've got a, a later note involving the ships as well, so we can talk about that when we get there. Okay, cool. No, I was just really excited to see that probe droid hit the surface of Hoth, mm -hmm. and I was like, I kind of forgot about probe droids. Like, I remember seeing them as a kid, you know, and this was before Clone Wars and everything. And I was like, man, probe droids are just cool. Yeah. 
They, oh, they, I meant they, to ask yeah, you. Was... Sorry, I don't mean to step on you there, but I meant to ask you this before, How like at the start of the episode. You? But we, okay, we got <laughs> hooked on like introducing films to people and things like that. Right, um, right. Where did you watch um, this episode? Did you watch it off Disney Plus or your own personal DVD? Yes. Uh, yes. Originally VHS, but today Disney Plus. Okay, I watch the same thing, so at least we'll be on the same track. Yes, yeah, which sometimes I will say I'm like, I'll look at it and I'll be, like, I'll forget it's the remastered edition, and I'm I'm like, wow, that is amazing. And then I'm like, wow, for the 70s, fantastic. And then I'm like, wait, no, it probably didn't look this good originally, because I, I have not watched, like, the original versions in a very long time, probably since I was a kid. Yeah, no, I had to remind myself of that today as well. I was like, wow, is that probe droid is coming down? Hoth looks so amazing. Right. And then I was like, oh, wait, this is Disney Plus. Which, okay, how do you feel about this remaster, basically? I know a lot of people are very, either they hate it, they love it, they feel okay about it. I think we need to save the whole remastered versus original version for another show, man. For a whole for a whole episode all all on its own. Yeah, cuz there's a lot of stuff. I think we need to keep moving yes. along cuz I'm still on my first okay. page. So, yeah, I it's am... just like the probe droids are cool. And then um it made me wonder, the one that Luke says he's going to check out, he thinks it's a meteorite. But it made me question, right. are there two probe droids on Hoth, or was that a meteorite? Did you have the same question? I I was thinking about that as well, um, because we clearly see the first one land and then look at Luke. So that's very obviously not the one, that, or the one he saw, or if it's a meteorite hit. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's a... I'm pretty sure... The second one is a meteorite because they they don't mention yeah. it at all on the Imperial ships. Well, it gets mentioned later in the dialogue between uh, one of the generals and Leia about how there's a lot of meteorite showers on Hoth. Right, right. And then uh, on one of the Star Destroyers, they mentioned that their probe droid had been destroyed. That's way later, man. No, I... I know, but I, that's the whole point no, I'm trying you're, to bring you're, up. You're is I feel like if there if there me. was a second if there was a second probe droid there, I feel like it would have been mentioned there because there was that big debate on, well, is it really a rebel base or just some random settlement, which we can talk about later. Yeah, so that I was just like, did they shoot more than one probe droid at Hoth? Um, yeah, and then we see that Han stayed around. Right, he stuck around, helped out a little bit. Han stayed, helped out. And then I had another question in this okay. next, well, the same like scene. But, you know, Luke is talking to um, Han over the comm link and he's like, hey, I'm going to check out this meteorite. And I'll, I'll mention it again later in my notes uh, further in the film. But I guess I forgot whenever I wrote this down that Luke is not a fully trained Jedi. Right. 
so I, I guess it makes more sense now, but I was like, how did Luke not sense the Wampa? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's definitely attuned to the Force, but I, he very clearly isn't using it to its full potential. He doesn't know how yet. Um, but yes, I'm sorry, was there a question attached to that I guess before it was I really like- get into it? I guess it was like Luke didn't sense the Wampa. The Wampa. Yeah. No, I I agree. I feel like the Force could have helped him out a little bit there, but but you I know, guess I'm thinking maybe. of like Return of the Jedi Luke as opposed right. to Empire Luke, and I didn't think about a New Hope Luke where he he's untrained. He doesn't have a master exactly. Anymore. So I, and that's it makes what sense. I that's what I really really enjoy about the original trilogy is they handle luke's power crawl very very well because clearly at this point he is way better than he was at the start of a new hope but nowhere near where he is at the end of return of the jedi i would say the only thing he's excelled in is his leadership skills that's it yeah i don't think he's gotten better as a jedi at all in this film Arguably Compar- by the compar- end, Comparative, but... yes, of course, but comparative to where we last saw him. Right, right. And uh, I think another big thing is, I believe, the time skip between 4 and 5 and the time skip between 5 and 6 is much longer. Like, 5 and 6 is a longer time skip. He's had more time to train with Yoda. Yeah, definitely. Compared but, to um... between... Four and five, it's less time, and really, he's maybe been getting a couple uh, FaceTime calls from Ghost Ben. Possibly. Yeah. But now the the next note that I have is just something funny, is uh, after Luke gets attacked by the Wampa and carried off, we get to see our, our buddy Chewie, and I just thought it was funny to see, uh, and I don't know why, but Chewbacca trying to fix the uh, Millennium Falcon with his um, welding goggles. <laughs> right? I, I don't know why so, I thought it was funny that Chewie has welding goggles, but it, it, I was just like, that's funny. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And um, I actually had another note about the Wampa attack. Oh, um, please talk I'd about for- it then. I'd forgotten just how violently the Wampa shoved its fist into the Tauntaun's mouth. It it really shocked me, but like in a funny way, but also kind of in a gross way. Yeah, he he gets after that. I was like shocked. I was like shocked, laughing. I wasn't really sure what to feel about it. Hmm. Well, from past episodes, we know that you like choking, especially the choking of innocent women. I have no idea what you're referring to. Maybe it's the hiatus. I'm sure we've talked about it. It's some... Oh, we're talking about episode three, the Anakin, you're breaking my heart scene, aren't you? How dare you lie to our our viewers like that? I never said I enjoyed it. I would never lie. I am the most reliable host on this show. Yeah. Listen, you're going to make people think I'm some sort of a creep. I would never say you're a creep. I would say you're you're one of my friends, but I just can't believe that you enjoy seeing an innocent woman die. I 
I did not enjoy it. And she didn't die there. Okay, she died enough. later. Enough, sir. Back on track. <laughs> okay. Um, um so the next thing I have is the uh the Han and Leia fight. I I have another note, but before that. Oh, go ahead, please. This is your um, show. <laughs> Arguably our show. I you know, I don't want to leave you out of it. Couldn't do it without you. Um But no, I just I just really appreciate the fact that the general Han first told that he was leaving was just willing to let him go like hey i know you were planning to leave you stayed longer i appreciate your service good luck yeah no that was cool that like at least one character in the film understood that han's life isn't as easy as he portrays it to be right and he understood the fact that he owed a huge debt to the huts indeed he does which is not something to just like casually go about. No, it's not. Okay, the Han and Leia fight scene. Just, I have so many notes about Han in this episode. And honestly, you know, like, yes, this is like the story of the Skywalkers. But I feel like Empire is really Han's film. Yeah. And I didn't really understand I can, that until I today's watch through. But I was like, this film is like, it's really centered around Han. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's a lot like um, episode one. Obviously, we meet Anakin Skywalker, but it's very focused on Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Yeah. But no, I, it was just something I thought of today while, while watching this. But yeah, the whole dialogue between... Han and Leia is just so good and it makes me love Han so much and who he is yeah. as a character because one of the the and I have so many um like quotes that I wrote down from this film like there were so many good mm-hmm. quips um but how he calls Leia her highnessness right right I love that love that um and then after the Han and Leia fight um this is my first I don't know if you noticed of this episode. Hey, 30 minutes in, we get to our first one. Uh, 3PO and R2, our faithful droids coming in, are talking about how they were cold, so they turned up the heater in Leia's chambers <laughs> and melted like her room, and now all her clothes are destroyed. <laughs> yes, yeah. And um, I believe it's a little, just a little before that, um, or it might be a little after, uh, C-3PO mentions that his joints are freezing. It's after. Yeah, which brings up, can they feel pain? Okay. Do these droids... <laughs> that is way too introspective for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm not ready to talk about that. Maybe in a future episode we'll do a deep dive on droids and their... How how really sentient they are, but not now, not now. Yeah, so, I mean, Luke hasn't come back yet. Where's Luke? Han being the good friend he is. Yeah, um, I I just wanted to point out how like how great a friend he was because he was he was about to leave. He was ready to go, and the second he f- found out his friend was missing, he 
decided to stay. Which is completely different from where we saw him in the last film. Right, a lot of character development. There is. So I have my second, I don't know if you noticed this. Nice. Um, In the, like, Tauntaun holding room, mm-hmm. where Han's going to save Luke, uh, there's a medical droid on the ground, like, giving care to a dead Tauntaun. Did you see that in the background? I didn't. Dang. This I'll, was the first time I've look. ever noticed it. I had never seen that before. Interesting. I thought it was weird. Just, you know, this droid maybe just can't let go. It's not ready. I don't know. And then what else can you say about that scene besides Han's famous, I'll see you in hell? I mean, come on. That is Han Solo at his peak. It really is. But also, Jesus in Star Wars confirmed? Question mark? Religion in Star Wars confirmed? <laughs> Religion? Question mark? I don't Afterlife? know. Afterlife? Heaven and hell? I don't know. I mean, arguably, if he knows what hell is, Star Wars Space Bible out there somewhere? Star Wars Space Bible? <laughs> no, I don't know. Okay, so what do you think about the Wampus Cave? Not the scene, but just about the cave. Like, just the design of it? Yeah, because for some reason I just wrote down Wampa Cave. Nice. Um, <laughs> I really like it. Uh, I thought it was designed really well. I There was clearly a lot of thought put into it between the like beams or stands of ice, the piles of snow, the almost like separate rooms within it, even though very clearly there isn't rooms, the set design gives that appearance. Yeah, I thought it was done very well. You're going very deep in this. It was more like, I just kind of want to go hang out in the Wampa's cave for like uh, 30 minutes. As, lo- as long as the Wampa's not there, I guess. I mean, he only has one arm. What can he really do to me? I mean, he did sneak up and take down Luke. Yes, because Luke was weak. But no, uh, so... Luke was weak. (laughs) My next big point, and I never thought of this before. Like I said, this rewatch was really eye-opening to me for some reason. Um, Luke hanging from the ceiling in the Wampa's cave mirrors his training on Dagobah later. Yes, that is a really good point. I don't know why I caught that this time. Which I think is really important uh, because we obviously get him using the force to pull his lightsaber to him, which I have not watched A New Hope. Um, I've not watched A New Hope since we actually did our review on it, but he doesn't really use the force to pull and push objects much or at all right no so this was a really big this was a really big moment for him and i think what you're saying is let me think how to phrase this um i think that's a really good point you're making because we've got him pulling the lightsaber and then actually learning from yoda and it parallels very well i was very deep today i don't know why very deep um, so the next thing that I have is just how caring R2-D2 is as a droid. 
him scanning mm-hmm. outside of Echo Base looking for Luke. And Right. I mean, we're total nerds, so we know, but like there's no way that R2 scanners could pick up Luke or Han with how far away they were from Echo Echo Base. Right, but that wasn't gonna stop him from trying. No, it wasn't. And I just I love R2 for that. And I mean, you know, R2 has a very emotional attachment to arguably emotional, depending on if they're sentient or not. Again, talk about that later. Um <laughs> But he knew Anakin since he was a kid, and then he got he obviously watched Anakin grow up, become Darth Vader, had to go through that pain, but then oh look, Luke and Leia are here and he got to see Leia and now he's with Luke. There's got to be a real emotional attachment there. Yeah. The next thing I have is just the the shield doors closing and how upset Chewie is. That was my next note as well. Just seeing the emotion from him. And I, I love that about Chewie is that even though Chewie never speaks basic, you get so many emotions from him. Right. Yeah, no, his actor and the sound design team just did amazing to really portray that. Yeah. It's a shame that Peter Mayhew isn't around these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Uh, okay, we've got Luke escaping the Wampa Cave. Yeah. Obviously cutting the wampa's arm off which might have killed it question mark if it hadn't well never mind i guess the lightsaber wouldn't have left it bleeding so yeah it's probably still alive i think the wampa's probably very capable of having one arm yeah yeah i'm sure um but we've got luke out he's trying to make his way back and we see ghost ben oh ghost ben Ghost Ben, where have you been this whole time? I don't know. I have problems with with Ben Kenobi in the original trilogy. Really? I do. Little problematic. He definitely didn't handle things as well as he could have. Um, but what specifically? Nothing that we can get into in this episode for sure. Right now. Okay, okay, cool. I don't have anything until Han finds him, so... Gotcha. Okay, no, I don't either. Sorry, I, um... My next note is about Han, but I wrote... I was trying to talk about the Tauntaun, but I accidentally wrote Wampa, and I was, like, looking at my notes super confused. I was like, why is... The Wampa, the Wampa scene's already gone. Why am I bringing it up now? But I, I got it figured out. <laughs> no, I was just like... Hmm. Han using a lightsaber... Han using a lightsaber. No, I did want to point out that it just kind of falls over and dies. Or maybe it didn't die then, but just at least no, they passed out. No, they mentioned it Echo Base. The the dude that Han says, well, I'll see you in hell. He said, your Tauntaun will right. never make it that long out there. Right. No, um, I just it just kind of flops over, though. But I love that animation. It looks so cool. No. I do too, but is it dead or did it just pass out? It was That's the question. Dead. It was dead. Yeah, you're very worried I mean, about whether these animals and droids are feeling pain this episode, and I don't know what's happened to you. I 
I don't know. I've gone soft, I guess. Um, no, I've always been a big softy. Uh, I've always really cared about animals, I guess. I don't know. Um, no, my whole point of bringing it up, I thought it was funny how it flopped over. I didn't even think about this while we were, or while I was watching it. If it was dead or not, I was just like, ha it fell over. But then we started talking about it now, and I was like, oh, was it dead or did it pass out? Or did Han kill it when he cut it open? That's a great question. Either way, Han uses a lightsaber, so that's cool. Either way, Han uses a lightsaber. Yes, definitely very cool. I just um, like his line there. It's another one of my line quotes from this movie is, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah. And I really appreciate just how well it was done with it being cut open and the guts just kind of like leaking out. Yeah, it but was they were really like gross. They were like popping though because of the heat. Right, right. Um, like I said, it was gross, but it was done really well. It was. I love Star Wars. I do too. Like I said, Han in this movie is just so good. Like his next quote here that I have whenever uh, the Rogue Squadron finally finds him and he says, Oh, good morning. Mm -hmm. Nice of you guys <laughs> to drop by. Yes. Uh, no, just very sarcastic, very lighthearted. I mean, most people wouldn't have that kind of attitude. It would be like, Hey, we're alive. We survived the night, but probably more in a complaining kind of way. And Han's just kind of like, hey, we survived the night. Thanks for coming to pick us up. Han's been through worse. Yeah, definitely. No, so my next thing is just Han in the... Or not Han. Luke in the back to tank. It was cool to see a back to tank. It was. It reminded me of... Um, oh, frick. What did it remind me of? Have you watched... Um, have you watched Invincible yet? Uh, no. Okay, you definitely should. I won't mention it then now because I don't want to spoil anything. But, um, so Luke reminded me of like a little gross baby humanoid in the back to tank, I guess. What is Invincible? Invincible, it's an animated, uh, superhero series on Amazon Prime. Really good. Um, very, very mature. Very gory. Oh, I think I... Where the... One of the dudes looks like J. Jonah Jameson, right? Yeah, and it's voiced by the guy who was J. Jonah Jameson. I can't think of what his name was, but in the uh, original Spider-Man trilogy. Well, he's been J. Jonah Jameson since that trilogy. Right. Yeah. We can't get started on Spider-Man no. or else this episode is never We can't. End. We can't. But yes, definitely watch Invincible. Anyway, Luke's out of the back to tank. What's your next note? It's about Han mentioning Gundarks. Oh, yeah? Yes. And how that ties in. Because then Obi-Wan mentions it to Anakin. And then we see Gundarks and Clone Wars. Exactly. And Rebels. Yeah, no, it just... Aren't Gundarks and Rebels? No, they're only Ooh. in Clone Wars. They're only in Clone Wars. Bestie, I have not watched Rebels yet, to be honest. How have you still... We're not getting into this. <laughs> well, so, here's the thing. I am... I am about... I missed the, I think, second... 
third and second to last episodes of Clone Wars. So I think I saw one through three, maybe one through four, and then five, I think five and six I haven't seen, and then I watched seven when it went to Disney+. Plus. Yes, I know. I skipped two seasons. Um, so I'm actually re-watching through Clone Wars now, and so I wanted to watch through it before I watched Rebels. Fair enough, but we're not talking about Rebels. We're not talking about it. We're into the next fight. The next, I guess it's not as big a fight, but no. Han, so Leia, my next Chewie, thing, Luke. yeah, it was Han and Leia and Luke and Chewie. How whenever Luke is sitting there and Han starts talking about Leia while she's standing there, how Han is going on about her and whatever, you know, like she can't stand to lose me type of thing. Not even right. Luke can handle Han's attitude in that scene. Luke literally makes yeah. a face and turns his head. And I had never caught that before. And I was like, wow. Not even Luke, the master of like angst, can handle Han Solo. Yeah, it was, it was a little, little douchey. Um, a, little, a little bit. A little bit. And then we get the um, famous Luke and Leia case. Oh. Disgusting. Leia, oh, <laughs> Which I think it's really funny. I um, I watched a tra- one of the original trailers for um, episode four pretty recently. And, like, it is very clearly, like, shipping Luke and Leia. Like, talking about a, a love story in space, basically. And then we I know exactly this... what commercial you're referring to. Yeah. And then we get this scene, and we can talk about it later, uh, but there's a couple more moments in this one, even after the uh, Han and Leia I love you scene, where it, it feels like the movie's still trying to push, like, hey, maybe Luke and Leia will be together, and it's it's disgusting. I have no problem with it. <laughs> If anybody's going to wow. kiss my sister, it's going to be me. <laughs> it's a good thing you don't have a sister, then. I guess so. No, so the next thing I have <laughs> is about um, Vader's uh, command ship. Yeah. No, that's my next note, too. <laughs> about how I finally understood how why the Star Destroyers don't seem as big in this movie is because of Vader's flagship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I think, one, it's menacing, but I just wanted to point out just how beautiful its its design was, especially with the Star Destroyers around it. Yeah. Like, the it, ship design The flagship, like, really amazing. turns out cool. What What is the yeah. name of Vader's flagship? Because I don't remember it. I don't either, but I will look it up. I used to know, and I don't anymore. Is it the Intimidator? Uh, that sounds familiar, but I'm not. I'm not sure if that is his ship. Okay, so while you're looking that up, I want to bring up a theory, and that the is ex- the theory executor. The executor. I was close. Yeah. Yes, so, definitely. Okay, your theory. Vader meeting with his officers on board the executor. Do you think mm-hmm. that Admiral Ozel could have been a rebel spy, possibly? Oh. Oh, that would make a lot of sense. 
right? Because he's like, yeah. Oh, we don't need to look at Hoth. Like it's not inhabited. Whatever, whatever. And the guy's like, no. Like we're getting life form readings, and there's a shield generator. Like I think there's people here. And then finally, Vader walks over, and he's like, that's where the rebels are. Let's go get them. And Admiral Ozzel's like, but but my lord, like, there's so many uncharted settlements. It could not. Right. It could be anything. No, that's a good point. I think. Not that I'm disagreeing with the theory, um, but I think another reason potentially for that is because he knows that if he fails Vader, he'll die. And so he might have just been wanting to like make sure before making the call. But that I had never thought about that. That is a really good point, that he might be a rebel spy. Right. Hmm. Next time I watch it, I'll keep that in mind. Uh, it did seem a little... It did seem a little weird how out of place. It did seem a little out of place how. How against it he was, but yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, it's very odd. My next note is about um, Han screaming, "Turn it off! Turn it off!" While him and Chewie are trying to fix the Falcon oh, yes. again. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I was. Very confused. I couldn't remember what that was, but yes, I know what I know what you're talking about. The Falcons like catching on fire and sparking. Yeah. What what did Chewie do? What did Han do? What did they do? Fair enough. Um and saying we're talking about the Millennium Falcon, this is actually during my, the Battle of Hoth. Um, but I just I don't know. It felt a little out of place to me that they were so stressed about trying to get the Millennium Falcon fixed while the Battle of Hoth was going on, even though Han and Chewie were about to leave before before they found out Luke was missing. Um, and I mean, it's it builds tension within the film, so it makes sense that way, but they were pretty set on leaving... Like, he was going to leave at that moment, and yet they still had all this stuff to fix on the ship. I see the Millennium Falcon as if it were a woman. (laughs) You always got to fix something, and whenever you want it to work, it just doesn't. It just does Okay. All right. Um, Very interesting analogy. It is. But it brings up a bigger point, is that while Han and Chewie are trying to fix everything, Han and Luke don't exactly say bye. While Han's trying to get the Falcon fixed and Luke is going out to start the Battle of Hoth, they don't really say goodbye to each other. And do you think that's because of episode four? <sighs> Possibly. I hadn't really thought about it that much. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. They never, like, really say a goodbye type of greeting. They're just like, Han's like, hey, take care of yourself. Right. And Luke is like, you too, bud. Like, they never say goodbye or may the force be with you or any of those type of things. That's a good point. They're they're not emotionally ready to let go. Maybe they're not. But what I'm more excited to talk about is seeing Vader's meditation chamber. Right? That's a cool thing. And I love it in this movie and how much they used it. And then Vader right. gives yeah, us the, definitely. 
one of the best Vader lines ever about Admiral Ozzel coming out of hyperspace too soon. About mm-hmm. how he's as clumsy as he is stupid. Yeah. Which Vader is just a savage. He is. And the fact the fact that he killed him from his meditation chamber. Yeah, that's my next note actually is that you know, going back to that crawl is that you can see Vader's obsession with finding Luke and how mm-hmm. that leads to his with I mean, we see it in the first film, but really very heavily in this film his zero tolerance policy for failure right with obtaining the rebels more specifically our you know main heroes han luke leia and chewy mhm yeah no definitely which we get to see him kill what two quote it's unquote like three. admirals it's like three admirals yeah. a lot of people get promoted in this movie mhm it's a you know great way to get to the top can't stay there long, but... No, no, but you can get there quick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this film just showed me how much I love Luke's co-pilot, Dak. Just the best. So glad Dak... he has a long, important role in the rest of the films. Dak has so much life in him. <laughs> but how did you feel seeing AT-ATs? Because I was just excited today... In my long history of watching this film, as I was the first time I saw ATATs, I honestly I feel the exact same way. Um, I'm I'm guessing I watched A New Hope first, but my earliest memory of Star Wars is with The Empire Strikes Back, uh, and I don't remember a lot from my very first watch through, but I very distinctly remember the ATATs coming in and just like how exciting that was so there's a lot of a lot of nostalgic value there i agree and this is my next point is that you can really see again from that crawl luke's leadership skills and how he's commanding the rebel forces with this attack run on the AT-ATs because he is the leader of the rogue squadron right and i think you can really see it here Mm -hmm. which i think to my point earlier we really we really get to see him lead this troop here but we never really get to see him lead like the rebels as a whole no i i completely agree leading a squadron yes uh i just i wish with that line from the crawl i wish we would have seen just a little more i know it's a little more i know it's a lot more boring but just a little more from him like in meetings or any discussions about big picture stuff for the rebels kind of like more how we saw anakin and even ahsoka in clone wars yeah 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 no i I can completely see how you how you feel about that but But also uh, pacing wise it would have just been weird to throw him in like a random meeting or something for no reason so there also wasn't a great moment, I feel like, for something like that. I agree. Um, my next note is just a silly note. It's, Say it. It's on board the AT-AT during the attack on Echo Base, and we get to see tiny hologram Vader. And I just uh-huh. love it, because it's, it's tiny Vader. Tiny Vader. Which, it's, it's really funny, because it's not... I think back to the prequel trilogy when we see Tiny Plagueis, 
there's it's very almost menacing. But Tiny, Tiny Vader, just, I'm sorry, Tiny Palpatine. <laughs> sorry, I made that mistake when I was writing my notes too. I wrote Plagueis when I meant Palpatine. Um, I was yeah, very Tiny confused Palps. there. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't notice Plagueis in the prequel trilogy? Not a real fan. Yeah, I was about to say I'm about to go watch the first pre- like the first three prequels right now. No, sorry. Yes, Tiny Palpatine seemed a lot more menacing than Tiny Vader. Is the point I'm trying to make? I like Tiny Vader. So tiny, fit in palm of hand. But yeah, just the battle of. Of Hoth was a really serious one because we see the the rebel forces just being absolutely decimated, and then we lose Wedge, yeah. and I was not okay with we... losing Wedge. Yeah, um, but it was a very serious battle. We do see the rebels getting decimated, but we also get to see them giving it their all to slow down the ATATs to get the transports off the planet, like. They were doing everything they could to survive this battle, knowing full well that it wasn't one they could win. But I think it's really important, too, again, going back to that crawl, is this battle supports that crawl that the Empire is still very strong. And even though they took out the Death Star, there's still a galactic force to be reckoned with. Right. Um, It gets mentioned later uh, in the film, but... There's the mining guild, there's the rebels, and maybe a couple little outposts that the Empire doesn't really know about. That's it. The rest of the galaxy is the Empire. Right. Arguably, the Outer Ring, maybe the huts as well, but, I mean, still, that's most of the galaxy that they control. I've just... Since I was a young lad, I've always dreamed of taking out an AT-AT the way that Luke does. Me too. Me too. What? Where he, from the bottom, where he grapples up. Yes. And cuts it with his lightsaber. Yeah. And then throws yeah. a, a, a charge in there. Mm-hmm. I love that scene so much. But now on to my next. I don't know if you knew this. Okay. Or notice this. But while Han and Leia and 3PO and R2-D2 are trying to make their escape, they pass by this room that has a yellow and red sign on it. And it's it's in a deleted scene, so I won't hold it against you if you don't know. But that okay. is a room where wampas are stored. Oh, okay. That sounds familiar. I think I have seen it at some point. Um, but no, I didn't, I didn't notice it. Do you want to know where he noticed it from? Where? There was an old arcade game, an old Star Wars arcade game, where you had a joystick, and it was mostly ships, but there was a level on Echo Base where you were a Jedi, and there was a Wampa room. That's where I remember yep. it from. Yeah, that sounds really familiar. There were uh, levels where you were on Endor, on Hoth, and I forget mm-hmm. where else. It was a really cool and, game, though. And you didn't bring it up on our video game episode. Shame, I know, shame. I know. I didn't think of it until today. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. 
Um, but yeah, the Wampa Room, and then just Han calling 3PO Goldenrod. Yep. And then Leia, while they're trying to make their escape, asking Han if she should just get out and push. And Han telling her, well, that might so help or great. something along those lines. Yeah. But I want to know, Mother Goose, could Vader have stopped the Millennium Falcon if he really wanted to? Okay, this this film had me really thinking about the Force and the limitations of it. Um, obviously, we get things like, which again is not no longer canon and super over empathized slash dramatic. Uh, you know, we get the Force Unleashed, where Star Killer brings down a Star Destroyer, which is really overpowered, and I don't necessarily think is something that is realistic, but this film had me thinking about the limitations, and really, depending on your connection to the Force, is there a limitation? And exactly how it works, because I've been thinking about it as... I've been thinking about the Force as more like telekinesis, where you are physically exerting your will to raise and move things, but it's a lot more... The Force is a lot more spiritual than that, and it's more of like connecting with the force and moving it that way. I was so, about to say, you're being very dogmatic right now. Right, right. Um, so I don't really know if there's a limitation, depending, again, how strong your connection is. You might be able to move really anything because the force is in all of us. Um, it's in all So things. maybe... It flows through Yes, us. in all things, yes. Um, it is very possible that he could have if he wanted to. I don't know. It was just something I wanted to bring up. But meanwhile, Han is traveling to... Or, er, Woo! Han, Luke, is traveling Luke, to Dagobah. Dig dig yes, yes. With R2. And I never really mm -hmm. noticed R2's nervousness until now. And how he's like... Really? Well, hey... Are we not going to, you know, meet up with everybody nope. else? Like, hey, do you want me to take over autopilot? And I got it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, the translator between R2 and Luke inside of the X-Wing. Mm-hmm. I like that. Just a lot of great little details. Um, yeah. Do you have anything before they crash? Uh, yeah, I got, um... Uh... The the tools falling on Han. I like oh, that. Oh, yes. Very funny. And then, you know, in today's age, we have the movie Solo, which I love Solo. Yeah, I do too. And I just thought about it today a couple times, actually, I think, through these uh, notes. Um, Han going through the asteroid field and him telling everybody not to worry. And I, I thought about Solo and how he, you know, made the Kessel Run and how right. I know that Han can navigate this asteroid field. One, because I love Han. And then two, because I've seen Solo. I know that if right. he can make the Kessel Run, he can go through this asteroid field. No problem. Mm hmm. And then just the music of the asteroid field. Yeah. And into that, that transition of whenever they go into the cave. I love that. Yeah. And then also when it transitions back to the Star Destroyers and we get to see um, 
them like talking about okay do we go do we follow them we probably shouldn't but just the music there was really really good it was such a smooth transition Mm -hmm. well that was a lot to talk about um i think we're gonna have to do this one in two parts man so i i think this is the episode or the end of the episode for part one yes definitely i um I kind of had a suspicion that maybe we go a little long. It's just such a great film. Um, But I'm really excited for what we have to talk about next... What we have to talk about next time, which will be here in two weeks. Uh, Just to remind our guests real quick, our new schedule is uh, new episodes every other Monday. And uh, we did not have we did not have a listener question this week, but if you're interested in sending anything in, you can send those to us at animalsquadron at gmail.com. Again, that is animalsquadron at gmail.com. Goodbye. Goodbye.